Keith Law. Welcome to episode 130 of the Keith Law Show. My guest today will be repeat offender Joe Poznanski talking about his new book, Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments. And it is fantastic. I absolutely tore through it. It showed up on a Friday just as I had finished a previous book. And that is, if you ever want me to get re- get me to read something, you want to get me to read something, the best time to do it is when I have just finished a book and have not yet decided on what my next book will be. So I didn't even have a chance to put it in the queue. I do always have a, a queue of sorts. I have a to-be-read shelf in order, in chronological order in which I received the books. And also I have an unread folder on my Kindle. I'm not sure what that says about me. Anyway, before we get to that, I have been uh, on PTO for a little bit. Uh, back this week working on a couple of pieces. Nothing is run yet. Um, for those of you who do follow me for board game content, I did go to Gen Con, the biggest board game convention in the Western Hemisphere every year. It uh, set a record with over 70,000 unique attendees this year. I played, saw, demoed, learned about a slew of new games and wrote a huge piece for Pace Magazine that ran about a week and a half ago where I ranked the 10 best new games I saw or tried at Gen Con and then ran through literally everything else I saw. Also got to talk to a couple of you at Gen Con, which is always fun. I played a game or two with some of you. And uh, I've said this before many times, but one of the great things for me about these conventions, especially somebody who can be kind of anxious in social situations, is just sitting down at a table with a group of strangers and playing a game and finding some kind of connection, common ground, even though you may not ever see or talk to these people again. And you just repeat that experience over and over again. And I have always found I get quite a bit out of it. So take a look for that if you are interested at all. And then I'll be reviewing a lot of these games that I got or saw or that have shown up in the mail since Gen Con going forward. Also, for those of you who follow me for music or for movie content, I did finally review the Barbie movie. And on my blog, metalparty.com slash blog, and just today posted a new music playlist that was actually for the month of July. I just never got around to finishing it because I went away and was on PTO and was trying to stay off the computer, which I was moderately successful at. Um, definitely recommend that. A little bit of a digital break. Probably should have done more of one, but it was pretty good while I was off. So feel free to check both of those posts out over at the dish, metalparty.com slash blog. Now it is my great pleasure to be joined by my longtime friend, sports writer, multiple book authoring guy, Joe Poznanski, <laughs> who is has authored another book, as it turns out, Why We Love Baseball, A History in 50 Moments, which will be out on September 5th. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Keith, always, always great. Always great. So why would I, a person who obviously hates baseball and all 30 teams... <laughs> want to read this book this sounds like the satanic bible or something yeah no this is this is totally not up your alley at all i mean we with with the with the amount of 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 baseball hate that you have um you know look this is this is uh i mean you already know this but this is a uh countdown uh in a way of the most magical moments in baseball history and it comes from this place you and I have talked about this, and and I'm I'm glad for us to talk about it publicly a little bit. You know, people always, not everybody, but but you will see so many people knocking baseball everywhere you turn. Right, baseball is not what it used to be. Baseball is is dying. the The kids don't like baseball. This, that, and the other. And and this has been going on for a hundred years. Baseball is dying more than a hundred years. 
uh, and which is which is very funny uh, when you think about each each generation has its new baseball is dying trend, right? But I started to think about it in a different way, and and what I started to think about was, isn't the miracle of baseball that it isn't dying? I mean, isn't the miracle that we still care? about this game that that they were playing during like the civil war we don't there is literally nothing from that time period that we still care about nothing i mean from a from a sports perspective that's before basketball before football was was anything before there were no golf courses i mean there was nothing when baseball was starting and here it is in 2023 and we still it's still huge and we still care about it and i i really wanted to sort of tell that story why we still love this game and and what it came down to for me is i think the things like when you and i get together what do we talk about we talk about prospects that you know we've seen when they were young and 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 weren't anything yet or we see some incredible play we saw i mean it's moments it's so much about the moments of these games and i thought this is going to be this is how i do it i i tell the story of of baseball and why we love it through its most magical moments, and so it is called a history in fifty moments. That's on the on the uh, uh, cover. So uh, there are a there is a countdown of fifty moments. But as you all know, there are many, many, many more than fifty moments in here. They're actually yeah, this is like uh, the Big Ten. It's the Big right? Ten <laughs> exactly, yes. exactly. Um, there are 108 moments that I have counted in there, and there might even be more than that. But I counted 108 because I love. I mean, that's such a great baseball number, right? The number of stitches on a ball, the the years between World Series for the Cubs, and uh, so on and so on. So, uh, so I, I see it as 108 moments, but there are 50 that are sort of the core of this book that take you from. Uh, number 50, which I will give away, which is Dwayne Kuyper's uh, only home run, all the way down to number one and uh, and and everything in between. So uh, it's I, I think it's really I'm so happy with it. You know, I, I, you've written a book. You know what that feeling is like, you know, that there's this there's this tension and like, will people like this and 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 will this will this sell will i be able to ever write another book i mean there's so many other things that go through your mind and none of that's going through my mind with this book all i think about with this book and i'm lucky to feel that way but all i feel about this book is i really really like this book and i cannot wait for people <laughs> to see it you know it's just how i feel yep. about it Oh, absolutely. It's a fun book and it is nothing against the Baseball 100, which I'm looking at right now on my shelf. But this is a more um, accessible, more – I hate to say more readable because, again, that sounds derogatory towards the other book. But this is different. This book flows a little more for, I think, maybe the more casual fan, even though you are obviously mining some more obscure moments from baseball history. But the Baseball 100, to me, was more for the more serious fan, um, particularly fans of baseball history, whereas this, the historical anecdotes you're telling in this book, many of which go back 100-plus years, um, are always interesting, even if you know nothing about the players, the times, like you have fun little footnotes on who were the Brooklyn Superbas or the Brooklyn <laughs> Bridegrooms, right? The names that, unless you are a total baseball nerd, you probably have never heard before. I mean, I remember having them in 
I don't know, a baseball encyclopedia or something. You know, you're right. pouring right. back at the weird standings. <laughs> what do you mean teams didn't play the same number of games? And this team folded halfway through the <laughs> season. And you see all these strange names. Like, those don't mean anything to anybody. I can't believe the Brooklyn Tip Tops did not get a mention. Yeah. In the book. Yeah. Yes. I know. I know. Well, you're, it's it. what it feels to me as, as mm-hmm. you know, and, and of course, of course, I love the baseball 100, and and it it changed sure. my life. I did and, too. And and it's it's, you know, I I it's to me it's it's it was almost it's an achievement, you know, to to, to do that book. I mean, it was 860 pages long, and and all of this. And I I think it was it, it's also great fun, but it's different. This is a more personal book for me, and I I, I would I've been you know the, we're getting ready. The book comes out in two weeks, so I am thinking a lot about, all right, what am I talking about? What am I thinking about? You know, as I do podcasts, as I, you know, go on tour, all of these other things, what am I going to be focused on? And one of the things I thought about was, and I had not thought about it when I was writing it, the baseball 100 was limiting in ways because I was only writing about greatness. Like every player in the baseball 100 is great. And of course, nothing's better than writing about greatness, right? I mean, nothing is more fun. Nothing is more uh, challenging than trying to, you know, what made Carlton Fisk great? What made Sandy Koufax great? I mean, those, but but it was limiting. I couldn't write about Dwayne Kuyper's one home run in the baseball 100. There was there was no place to put. He's and not is, one of the 100 greatest players in baseball well, history? He, he is in my to mind. You. To me, yes. he, is, he, is, he is right up at the top. Um, <laughs> but- as you know, I mean, part of what makes baseball so special is that you don't have to be great to be have done a, a moment that belongs, you know, among the greatest moments in baseball history. Some of the some of the biggest home runs. I mean, you know, Bill Mazeroski is in the Hall of Fame, but Bill Mazeroski was not a great player. He was a great defensive player, but he was not a great player. And and as we know, when he got into the Hall of Fame the uproar was so bad. They basically shut down the hall of fame for like a decade. They're like, yeah, we're not putting anybody else in. We, you know, we <laughs> put Bill Mazeroski in. It's, it's, it's time to close the doors. Yeah. Which was a shame. I mean, because Bill Mazeroski, it, it was a fantastic defensive player and all of that. Well, and can I just say like the, the, I always thought there was an argument to be made that if you're telling me that so-and-so is the best defensive player at his right. position in the history Absolutely. of baseball, that's a good argument to put a guy in the hall. I agree. I agree. And 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 you know, I thought I thought the uproar uh, about him getting in the Hall of Fame was really overblown. I mean, look, he was he was he was. I think I think you could make the argument the best second baseman who ever lived, and he had, he hit one of the biggest home runs and all of that. But he was not a great hitter. There was no place to put him in the baseball one hundred. But now there's a place. Now I'm writing about the you know this moment, and and there are people who were not as great as as Bill Mazeroski, who who did amazing things that are in this book, and and uh, uh, so it it was so much. I guess it was more freeing because I could really let my mind go wherever it wanted to go, and and I could take whatever moments I wanted to take. And as you pointed out, and and I think to me this is why I hope the book is going to be so much fun for people. There are famous moments in here throughout and great players in here throughout. I mean, you'll, you'll find Willie Mays and Shohei Otani and Babe Ruth and, and Jackie Robinson and, and the greats in here. But 
those are intermixed with all of these moments that you probably, unless you are a truly, truly uh, insane baseball fan, there are moments in here you've never heard of, like never, because there are moments in here that I had never heard of when I started writing the book. And, and I think though, when you combine the, you know, the famous and the, and the not famous together, I, I think it really, it makes it a lot of fun. Yes. That's to me, one of the great strengths of the book. And there are many, um, I read the book in two days, basically. <laughs> it's um, awesome. Just couldn't put the thing down and is that it gives so much time to the lesser players the yeah. less remembered players the the, the dwayne kuipers of the world right? right we want those guys to get to get their moment i always say when speaking to friends family etc remember these are all every player who gets to the big leagues was a kid you know seven eight years old playing in the backyard or in the street, dreaming of having that hit in the World Series, win the World Series, just getting to the big leagues yeah. achieves the dream. And for players, you know, I've known plenty of guys who got that one day in the big leagues, and I know plenty of guys who never got there. And it's it does make a difference in their for the rest of their lives to be able to say, I got there. Absolutely. I got there and I got one game. I didn't do, you know, maybe I didn't make the Hall of Fame. Maybe I stayed up there for a week and that was it. And your book celebrates a lot of those moments for players like that who were in the majors only often only briefly, but happened to run into history. You know, a guy who happens to throw a no-hitter in one of his handful of starts that he ever makes in the big leagues, right? right. Those are, a, to me, those are a huge part of baseball lore. And the idea of a player who we think of as ordinary doing the extraordinary is a big thing in baseball. I, I don't know. I can't speak to other sports, but I think it stands out more in baseball because we are a team sport of individual accomplishments. And that's yes. at least less true of the other major sports where we know who the great players are, but great moments are generally less tied to a single player's full game performance, say. Right. And, I, you know, to me, like the no-hitters, you mentioned many no-hitters in the book. You mentioned Jim Abbott's no-hitter in the book, which yes. is the one no-hitter, the one major league no-hitter I have been at in person. Amazing. Yes, uh, an amazing moment. Before I worked in baseball, obviously. Um, and uh, it was great reading your description of that, too, because it put me very, very much back in the seats with my family, watching it happen, thinking about it again. And again, he's not a Hall of Famer. But he's a guy to remember, and that was certainly a moment to remember. And to me, that is what the book um, really brings, even beyond remembering a lot of the superstars, who of course have their moments, right? Sure. Superstars were in there. And I'm curious how you decided maybe to balance some of these things where, you know, how much do I put the the superstar moments in there versus, you know, the, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and, you're not on Twitter a ton, but the remember some guys, you have a yeah. lot of those, right? Let's remember <laughs> some guys. Have, and that's I have, great. And I was curious how you decided how to try to balance those things. It's, it's a, it's a super, it's a super question. Cause it was, it was the enduring question. I, what, what was my driving principle? And I, you know, I don't know if you did, did, did you name, did you come up with the title smart baseball while you were writing it or before you wrote it, or did you not come up with that title until after you were done? I had come up with it during the writing because it was a riff on that 
hashtag I used to do, I still do sometimes, where you take the A out because it's the Homer Simpson joke. I am right. smart, SMRT, <laughs> right? And, you know, referring to really dumb things that teams, especially managers, would do yes. in baseball. And so that was always kicking around as a possible title. But I very much took the attitude of, like, hey, I'm, we're the major publisher. If they think there's a better title out there, right. I'll listen to them. Right. And then we just, then we just ended up using it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I think it's a really, really good title for exactly the reason you. you said. Um, all of my books, pretty much, I came up with the title after I was done. Um, and, and sometimes well after they were done. Uh, Soul of Baseball was originally called Baseball and Jazz. And, and I, that was how I had it in my mind. And I loved baseball and jazz, and they they just didn't the publishing house didn't quite love it. But anyway, but hmm. all of ways, I this was the one book that I came up with the title first. And everything that I did was sort of geared to the title. So when I was thinking about what moments to include, how to include, how to mix, that was my driving force the whole time. It's like, all right, is this a moment why that that explains why we love baseball? And some great moments in baseball history, in my mind, kind of don't. They don't necessarily tell you why. They don't fit that bill of why we love baseball. I mean, not to not to pick on him because he's very much in the book, and and I I found a, a very joyful place for him. But I don't think Barry Bonds breaking the home run record is why we love baseball. It's just for 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 a million reasons. Not forgetting about. It's just not. It's just not. And and yes, for Barry Bonds fans, of course it is. But it was not a celebration. It wasn't. It wasn't for so many reasons. And and not to again, Barry Bonds is in the book. And 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 I, I found joy with Barry Bonds, uh, which isn't easy as we as we know. But all of it was like that. So I remember one of my favorite chapters in this book, and I and 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 I'll I'll talk about it a little bit. It, it's. I've, I've been wanting to keep surprises like that's such a big thing for me in this book because it's I think this book goes in so many different directions. But I do want to talk about this one chapter because uh, it it's sort of specifically um, it's it specifically has to do with how I chose obscure moments versus great moments. I was in the Hall of Fame during doing research. I was in Cooperstown. And I was walking around. I was doing like actual research where, you know, I was pulling files and all of that. And uh, my wife was with me and we were just walking around. We're like, let's just take a break, walk around the museum. It's it's such a, you know, wonderful place to be. And we started walking around and we went to the section where they had women in baseball, um, which is just like a little corner. Uh, they've got some really cool stuff there. Uh, it's not that big. But, you know, I mean, let's be honest, women in baseball, it's not been a big celebrated part of the game. And there was a little picture that they had there and a jersey. And it was of a little leaguer named Chelsea Baker. And uh, I did not remember her story. I did not know anything about her. And I looked and and there it was. And it was like Chelsea Baker threw two perfect games um, in in her Florida Little League when she was 11 and 12 or something like that. And, and they had her jersey. And I thought, I why do I not know this story? I, I'm sure I must have seen it. I'm sure I'm sure I read something and it just it just left my mind. And I thought, well, that's really cool. And I went back to to them and I said, Hey, do we know what's going on with Chelsea Baker? And they're like, No, nobody has any idea what happened to her, where she went. 
Uh, I'm like, did she stop playing? Did she continue playing? So I did a little bit of research and found out that she did keep playing a little bit. And she actually ended up pitching against the Rays in a, a batting practice before a game. And it was kind of cool. And she threw the knuckleball. That was the cool part about her is that she threw the knuckleball. And I started thinking, well, I got to have a knuckleball story in this book. I don't know anything about this, this Chelsea Baker. And I tried to, to, to find her, which was not that easy. She's, she was, it's not that she was hiding, but she just, she's not involved in baseball anymore and, and whatever. And I, and I found her the way the kids do, right. I found her on Instagram and then it's like, how do you, how do you reach out to a 20 something girl on Instagram, woman, young woman on Instagram when you're a 50s. I mean, like I, like I, Hey, I'm not a, a little creep. sketchy. I'm just, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so I asked my daughters, you know, how do I do this? And they're like, Oh, just tell her that you're an author or whatever. And she reached out to me and we, had, we started talking and her story ended up being so much better than I even thought it was. She learned the knuckleball from Joe Necro. I mean, like, I mean, like, and her story and, and she still loves baseball, but she, you know, it, it, it was, it got too hard. It was, you know, just trying to fight against the system all the time. And, you know, they wanted her to go to Japan and, and, and pitch in Japan. And it's like, I don't, I love baseball, but I don't want to upturn my life. I've got, I love other things. She just ended up being the coolest woman I've, you know, that you you could ever meet. And I am like, nobody's going to know this story. Nobody is. But, but if you are going to talk about why we love baseball, I mean, knuckleballs and Joe Negro and little league and perfect games. And I mean, it's everything. It's like, it's, it's one of my favorite chapters in the book. So that was what drove me. What drove me was why do we love baseball and pushing to whatever, whatever that meant. And, and of course, why we love baseball. I mean, is Kirk Gibson's home run going to be in here? Of course it is. Right. I mean, that's why we love baseball, but there are so many moments like Chelsea Baker's that, uh, that I, that I put in here that I think make the book really, really fun. One of the other interesting editorial decisions was you include moments that never happened. There's mm -hmm. quite a bit of reference within the book to baseball fiction, mostly film, um, yes. which it's, I have to admit, it took me a little bit of back when I got to uh -huh. the first one. It's like, oh, yeah, this isn't exactly what I expected. Not <laughs> criticizing, just saying that's not what I thought this was going to be. Sure. And I was very curious how you decided to do that. Did you get pushback from anyone, especially your editors, saying, wait, this is not, you know, Bugs Bunny never actually <laughs> played baseball, right? Sorry if I spoiled there, but everyone's going to know. Like, Spoiler the Bugs alert, Bugs Bunny yeah. is not real. Is that what you're saying? Like you're just making yeah. that as a... I don't know. What if the kids are listening? <laughs> right? Um, no pushback. I got no pushback on anything that I did, which is, you know, I, I cannot be more grateful to the publishing house. They, they were incredible throughout this process. I got a little pushback from my wife, um, who not so much... She just didn't want a, a lot of it. Like she understood to me so much of baseball and, and I'm doing a version of this for football and football is very different. It's just completely different in so many ways. Um, and part of it is that I don't see football. It, we don't embrace football fiction the same way we embrace, you know, but why we love baseball is, it is, is why we love baseball seeing Dottie, uh, and and her sister 
collided home plate at the end of field uh, of league of their own? Of course it is. Is it, is it seeing the catch in, in uh, uh field of dreams? Yes. I mean, is it seeing Bugs Bunny throw the, throw the, the slow ball? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a part of it. And I, I tried, I didn't want it to just go off the deep end. Right. I didn't want it just to be like, wait, what, what really happened? What didn't happen? Or were we just mixing everything in there? But uh, to me, I thought this is such a big topic for, you know, for me, I, again, I, not to, you know, I'm thinking about football a lot because I'm working on that. Football is so narrow. The emotions are so heightened, but it's so narrow. It's not a world game, right? There's no, there's no football in Japan, no football in the Dominican, no football. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very narrowly focused world. Um, baseball is not baseball is everywhere, right? Like baseball is in the language. Baseball is in uh, fiction. Baseball is in the movies. Baseball's on television. Baseball's in international uh, in a in a, a much bigger way uh, and growing in in a lot of ways, yeah, 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 growing. Um, baseball is little league. Baseball is like trick plays in college foot in college baseball. One of my favorite chapters. Um, it's you know baseball is just and I wanted to capture that that three sixty right. I wanted the whole view of of this why we love baseball thing. So uh, so I threw some quirky moments in there as well i mean i threw some some fiction uh in there i think it's fiction everybody will recognize i didn't go like you know like oh i once read this one book yeah 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 and and some of it right and some of it i did because i'm like this is so fun and i did not know this like there's a story here that that comes with this bit that that uh that i didn't know uh so that's really fun uh but but it's also um you know like moments that 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 are maybe you know they're like wait this was this was just a silly little baseball moment you know like this is just silly but silly is a part of baseball too and and i i think that's that's you know it's the one sport we play every day right it's the one sport that just so i every single day the stuff i remember about baseball from games that i went to are the weird little things that happened, the goofy errors that were made or the, the, you know, odd decisions or whatever. Uh, it's all part of it. So I wanted yeah. to get that complete view of it. I liked it. I have to say it definitely threw me, um, <laughs> especially the shift right back and forth from yeah. like, that really happened. Here's the thing that really happened that I remember. Here's the thing that really happened <laughs> that I don't remember because I'm 50, not 120. Right. Here's the thing that definitely never happened, but that I remember. Right? <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Absolutely, I remember watching Bugs Bunny strike out. This is the Gas House Gorillas. The Gas House Gorillas, called? very good. See, I can't believe I just pulled it. Well, obviously, I just read the book too, but still, I pulled that one out. I'm like reasonably pleased with myself <laughs> on that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's there, look, there's a lot. I, there's a lot of meat in here to discuss and debate, which brings me to the next question, which is probably the most obvious one. But how'd you decide and especially how'd you rank? And there's no science here. I'm not pretending that. But you, how much of this is you, your opinion as a lifelong baseball fan, a sports writer for your whole career, uh, who really knows the sport? And how much of this is 
you reached out to other people, like you mentioned talking to Mike Shore, for example. Yes. Um, who wrote um, approximately 40% of the book in one essay. <laughs> We we this just very, couldn't get him to stop. It just kept coming. It's like no. it was like it was it was it was yes. Uh, it's just so I know Mike. Funny. I don't know Mike as well as you do, but I know Mike, and I read his book, How to Be Perfect. I mean, it's so funny because that that's him. It's right? him. That's exactly. Him. It's it, just it, it, there's no question at all. It just sounds just like him. Like, oh yeah, that's Mike. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I made the mistake because uh, I gave Mike a chapter. There are there are a couple of other people who who wrote in this book, uh, which uh, which is uh, really was lucky for me. But uh, with Mike, I said, you know, hey, I want you to write uh, a chapter, and I wanted to be about the Red Sox, and I wanted to be about the greatest Red Sox moment, uh, which I had chosen already, uh, the <laughs> Red Sox moment. And Mike's like, yeah. all right, I'll I'll write it's about a good choice. Yeah, it's a good and, choice. And I wrote, and then Mike's like, yeah, I'll write about the best Red Sox moment. And then he wrote about whatever the heck he wanted. I mean, he just went off the deep end, which is, which is just so Mike. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this, this whole ranking is, is, you know, I mean, I, I, some of it is, is very personal. Some of it is just, Hey, I, you know, for the flow of the book, I mean, it, you know, makes, I mean, the, mm -hmm. the difference between 30 and 29 is whatever. Um, yes. But when I got to the to the top ten, like that, I took that very very. I mean, I took it all seriously, but I took that part most seriously because um, that's where I felt like I was making statements. You know, if you rank something forty seven, okay, you know what? You just think it's a great moment. You're you're not saying to people like, hey, this is one of the greatest moments of baseball history. You're saying this is a great moment. And and uh, and here's here's the story behind it, and I hope you love it. But you tell somebody it's one of the ten you know most magical moments in baseball history. You're making a statement about that moment, and especially top five, and especially what's number two and what's number one. And and I right. spent a lot of time, and I don't want to give that away, but I spent mm -hmm. a lot of time because I think most people ranking the most magical important greatest moments of baseball history would have my number two moment at number one without hesitation. That would be their right. number one moment because it is the moment. Uh, sure. And I wanted to say is that, that of course the, that moment is incredible, but that moment led to the number one moment in my mind. So, so I, yes. it was, it was, I was definitely making a statement and I could see people, saying hey I disagree with you and uh mm -hmm. and that's that's part of the fun too um you know I and there are some uh moments in here that I ranked lower than I think most people would expect them to be ranked uh and I would say that that was a statement too like hey I I don't I don't think this moment is as great as it has been portrayed in throughout baseball history it's a great moment but I don't see it as as one of the you know 10 greatest moments for example that's fair. Um, it's interesting you say that because I went into the book with no thought of what was going to be one. And I didn't cheat. I didn't peek. Okay. It's like, I get there when I get there, right? I was very um, interested to see how you got there also. Mm -hmm. Not just what the moment was, but it's like, I know you, I know you're writing. We're going to get to that point. It's going to yeah. be organic when we get there. And it does work. And it's funny you say that because I got to number two and thought, 
Oh, that would have been a good number one. <laughs> that would probably that maybe that should have been number one. Like yikes! But you know what was funny was I wasn't thinking along those lines too. I was thinking of the more traditional a baseball moment, right? Yes, like yes, a hit, a yes. play, the catch, right? Something like that. It's like oh no, Joe's. Yeah, well, I mean, this is why Joe is Joe, right? He's thinking a much more. <laughs> You know, you get the granular view and you get the 30,000 foot view and it's, oh yeah, this actually makes a tremendous amount of sense. And also lets you tell some great sub stories too. Yes. And that's one of the joys of the book is you're like, here's this moment. Oh, here's a sidebar with five similar moments. Oh, I'm telling you about this player in this moment, but let me tell you about this other player yeah. or this other story that you actually don't know that much about because I'm one of those idiots who's read a lot of baseball history. Right. Even though I actually often tell people like, Baseball history is not my thing. It was much more my thing when I was a kid. But my job so much is future-focused that that's how I think about baseball. But I know, still know a lot of these stories. But then you would break out the story that I don't know um, that was the tangent, the digression yeah. to the actual baseball moment, which I, again, always enjoyed quite a bit. And it ended up at the end of the book not thinking – not once did I think Joe had this too high or this too low because it's not that kind of book. Right. Um, but at the same time, it was – I got there. He got me there. Yeah. By the end. Um, it, even with the, there was the thing at the end where you're like, here's one moment for every team. And I was reading through those too, which a lot of those were much more recent because they were expansion teams. And sure. so I kept thinking, oh yeah, okay, okay, fine. I get this. Yeah. I, I definitely get this a lot more. Um where he was going with even some of these smaller moments for franchises where it was very hard to find one, yeah. which I imagine was was probably quite a bit of a challenge. Well, that one was it was, but I that was the one part of the book I opened up to uh, to to fans. Uh, I did a a survey where I asked fans mm -hmm. to pick the best moments from each team, and uh, so they're all in here. And and I, that was a really important chapter to me. That was sort of. It's the one chapter in the book. I mean, I really like it, but it's the one chapter in the book. I didn't get to be uh, too expansive and I didn't get to do all the, the things that you're talking about, which I really appreciate the fun parts of like, yeah, you know what? Let me tell you about the first base coach during the shot heard around the world. Right. Like, like I right. had to basically kind of just tell what the moment was and, and that was kind of it, but it was such an important chapter because one thing I came to the end of the book thinking was, hey, there's some teams that do not have a moment in here. Don't have and a that's that's not, you can't have that. It's like the All-Star right. game. You got to have an All-Star. You got to have, uh, yep. you know, every team has had a moment that is why we love baseball. So getting to do that and putting, you know, the, the, some of the other teams in there that, that did not have a moment, I thought that was really important. But that chapter was a little bit, different i mean i think it's yeah it's fun and I, and I like where i put it right like i put it mm -hmm. right there at the very end it's sort of a little a little drum roll before you get to the big finish and uh and uh so yeah that was really fun i was curious with a lot of the more historical moments but ones that are sort of within living memory of some people at least you had a lot of great quotes from Folks who are no longer with us, including, you know, we get it. There's a lot of Vince Scully. There's an Ernie Harwell quote. There's a bunch of the, I was curious, is that just from your notebooks, from your archives where just, you knew a lot of these people very well. Yeah. Um, I met each of those gentlemen once and it was, <laughs> each one was a thrill of a lifetime. I stood next to Ernie Harwell at the urinals in a bathroom in the <laughs> Rogers center, actually. And I looked over and I was like, 
Holy shit, you're Ernie Harwell. I didn't say that, obviously. <laughs> I, I believe I actually gathered myself just enough to say something like, I'm a fan, love your work, etc. Yeah. Just yeah. a token of respect. And this was his last series ever, actually. I think he died not that long afterwards because he was already poorly at that point. But I didn't know these people well. And you obviously did. And so I was curious. I think you already started to answer. I was curious how much of this was you just talked to these people and you had lots of notes from from years and years. And this was a great opportunity to bust out some of those quotes or some of those anecdotes. Yeah. I mean, there's so much in here. I mean, a, a lot of it, of course, is research, right? A lot of it is newspaper research and magazine research and all of that. But guys like Ernie Harwell, who I did get to know pretty well to the point where we would we were sort of sending emails to each other quite a bit, uh, which was which was incredible. Uh, I actually went back. That was actually one of the fun things. Um, and I can't remember specifically what chapter it was for, but I were like, I have, Ernie Harwell sent me an, an email about this at some point. And yeah, and I went back and, you know, went through, through the Gmail search and, you know, for Ernie Harwell. And then I found, you know, a series uh, of, you know, seven, eight, nine emails or something that I'd gotten from Ernie Harwell and getting to reread those again and, you know, felt incredible. And, uh, you know, the, I was really, really lucky to have a relationship with Vince Scully and, 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 uh, uh, you know, did multiple stories on him. And, and, uh, he was obviously everything that everybody, uh, knows him to be. And, uh, and we talked about a lot of things, you know, which was great. One of the, one of the real, benefits of this uh of 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 this book was several years ago now uh i worked with my friend jonathan hawk on the uh, movie that they play at the baseball hall of fame uh i wrote the movie generations of the game and john uh, directed it so we went around and interviewed 20 25 hall of famers for that movie and i've got all of the uh video of that and the uh, transcripts. So I was able to go back. I mean, this is, you know, everybody from Greg Maddox to Ricky Henderson to, to Ozzie Smith, to George Brett, to Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson. I mean, guys that, that are no longer with us, Al Kaline, um, Phil Necro. I mean, just incredible. And, you know, some of those uh, are the only times I've ever really had a chance to talk to those people. Others, uh, you know, I got to talk to on, on other occasions, uh, Tom Seaver, to me, I'd never really gotten to spend any time with Tom Seaver. Uh, so the interview we had with him for the, uh, you know, that really informed a lot of, of my thought. And he was already not doing well. It was already, you know, close to the end for him. Uh, but he still, he still was, you know, he was still Tom Seaver. You know what I mean? Like there was still this, 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 this aura about him. Um, so, yeah, so that, that very, very lucky. I mean, the, you know, lived, uh, lived a pretty good baseball life as far as, uh, as far as that goes. And, uh, you know, football is, is, as I think about that, it's not quite that expansive, but it's, it's kind of the same thing where I like got to spend time with a lot of people who are no longer with us, uh, who, who gave me, you know, talked, I don't know. I, I think it's just because of the way I am, but I talked to these people about like lots of things, you know what I mean? Like, like, like when I would, would spend time with Marty Schottenheimer, I didn't just talk to him about like what, you know, what next week's game was like. I wanted to talk to him about 
what it was like, you know, playing in the AFL and what it was like, you know, growing up in, in, in Pittsburgh. And, and uh, so like stuff like that, you don't even know at the time how much it's going to mean later, but it, it means so much, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, One other thing I kept wondering, you know, this is a little bit of the, the author in me thinking too, is did a lot of stuff end up on the cutting room floor? Like, you didn't just write 50 moments exactly. And right. you're like, I'm good. I'm good. Right. I got 50, right? There are always players who don't make my top 100. There are <laughs> songs that didn't make my year end best of the year list where I, where it bugs me, right? It's not yes. like, yeah, that one was borderline where it's like, God, I wish I could have found space for that one. Right. You know, I mean, you can take, if you have specific ones, great, but I'm just curious how much of that ended up happening. Is there like a director's cut? coming when when this goes to like i don't know paramount plus at some point right well there is a director's cut i'll talk about that in just a minute but um more stuff went to the cutting room floor than any book i've written and the baseball 100 there were more people cut that broke my heart like players that i wanted to get in that i didn't get in because it was 100 that was it like i I could have written about 200, 500. I mean, you know, there were so many players I wanted to write about. But here's the difference. I didn't I didn't write those chapters. You know what I mean? Like I like I I I've said I wish I'd gotten Eddie Murray into there into the uh baseball 100, but I didn't write an Eddie Murray chapter. Like I didn't write one and then go, "Ah, it, it, I don't have any room for it." Uh I I, I just didn't write it. Um so later I wrote an Eddie Murray chapter, but I wrote it essentially from scratch. Um, with this one, there are essays that I wrote and one essay that Mike wrote, actually, that got caught, that got literally caught from the book. Um, and there, Mike knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike knows. <laughs> he's he's. We're still friends. Well, there's a very specific reason why it got caught uh, that he under, that he understands. But. Um, but that happened, uh, I mean, there are probably, I don't know how many, but there are quite a few essays that are complete. They're like, they're ready to go in the book that I cut because they they just didn't uh, fit. I didn't have time. I didn't have room for them. Uh, even with the conceit of getting as many moments as I wanted in there, I couldn't get them in. So what, what I am doing is, and uh, this is only for pre-orders. If somebody pre-orders the book anywhere, you can and you can pre-order it from Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, all the independents, everything. It's it's available everywhere uh, as a pre-order. If you pre-order the book, you can go to my site uh, and fill out a form. I have a I have a form on there just called the pre-order form. Fill out a form, just put proof of purchase in your email, and you will get a director's cut of this book. So you will get, yeah, you will get several of the essays, including Mike's essay um, uh, as sort of a bonus. So I'm glad to be able to do that. It's, you know, it's not quite the same, uh, but honestly, I have one particular essay that I loved. I mean, just like it's, cause it's very, very personal to me. It was, it was my personal moment. And then I was like, uh, no, Dwayne Kuyper is my personal moment, so I'm going to have to put Dwayne down there. So, so Dwayne, to Dwayne took the spot of this other essay, but that other essay, I'm going to include it uh, for people who want to do the pre-order special. Oh, that's awesome! That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
I also I need that essay. Why didn't I get? I need that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I have the well, book, right? No, you'll, I count, so. you'll get it. No, you'll you'll okay. get it. You're gonna okay. get the perfect. Finally, you mentioned that there's going to be a football version of this. Will yeah. there be like an, like an indoor soccer version? <laughs> no, I, Ta- I, table tennis, maybe? I, I think we stop at football. Uh, the football one is, it's, this is, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's still, I'm still writing it. So it's still very raw in my mind. But it's such, it, it's such a cool process because it's so completely different from baseball. And, you know, I grew up, I don't know if you did, I grew up a gigantic baseball and a gigantic football fan. And it was like two completely different parts of me. It brought two completely different emotions out of me. Still does to this day. Um, But I love football and I hate football. And I love baseball, you know? So the book is, I as a, in my mind right now, I'm actually calling it Why We Love and Hate Football. That's what I have in my mind. And um, and I think it's 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 going to be similar in, in its structure, I think. Who knows? It could change. Anything can change at this point. Um, but it is, no matter how similar in structure it's going to be, it's going to be a completely different kind of book because the reasons we love football and the reasons we love baseball are not the same. They're just completely different. Uh, they're completely different sports. Somebody, somebody said this to me and I, you as a guy who looks ahead, one of the, one of the sort of, you're sort of in your own space. I mean, there are other people with you, but you're, you're a leader in your space in baseball. I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. He said, I'll tell you what the difference between football and baseball is. This will be a quote in the book, of course. Uh, The biggest event on the baseball calendar that is not on the field is the Baseball Hall of Fame induction. And the biggest event on the football calendar, not on the field, is the draft. And he's, yeah, and he's, and it's not even close. The draft is bigger than anything anywhere. And he said, that's, that's the difference. Everybody in baseball looks back. Everybody in football looks forward. And I thought, what a what a profound thought about those two sports. And I think it's it could be it could be viewed poorly. It could be viewed like ah, baseball fans are living in the past and football fans are, you know, in today. I don't see it that way. I see it as baseball. You go to a baseball game today, you're also going to a baseball game in 1968, and you're also going to a baseball game in 1991, and you're also going to a baseball game. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's this one long continuous string of this game that took us from Babe Ruth all the way through. And in football, you're watching today's game. You're not you're not you're not watching you're not watching yesterday's game. You're certainly not watching a game from 20 years ago. You are watching today's game. And I love that. I love I they're just they just bring different emotions out of you. So so that book is going to be great fun, but I'm I'm going to Put that on hold and think only about uh, why we love baseball coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. That's an interesting thought because I may be too in it, right? Because the game doesn't look quite the same to me. Yeah. And I'm quite, I'm pausing because how much of that is a me thing because of the way I watch the game. Right. Which I think is different than the way most people watch the game. Well, that's why I said you're and you're in that world. You are looking forward. That's your whole thing is looking forward, you know? 
Um, and and look, there's a of course you, you can overgeneralize this. Of course, baseball looks forward. What's more exciting than a prospect coming up in baseball? Nothing. Nothing's more like like everything, everything that is in a one or two day NFL draft is spread out over a season when Ellie Dela Cruz gets called up, when you know, when when some new phenom, you know, hits triple A. Uh, those are the same feelings, the feelings of what's coming. And, you know, that's of course a part of baseball, but, but it's also baseball is so connected to family and, and, and our, you know, and our, and our childhoods and, 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 you know, the, the past uh, in a way that I think football just isn't. And, and, some some of that's to baseball's detriment. I mean, I think it's hard to change in baseball, uh, much easier in football. Um, but some of it is, you know, to baseball's great strength. I mean, it is, it is, here we are, you know, 150 years later, we're still playing this game and loving it. So, uh, so I think that's, I love the contrast and I, and, and I'm really getting to explore that. It's a lot of fun. The book is Why We Love Baseball, and it is out in, sorry, Why We Love Baseball, History in 50 Moments. It is out on September 5th. I can recommend it very highly. I recommend everything Joe writes, but I can specifically say I read this book in two days. Joe, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. That's all for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, For those of you who are looking to follow me on social media, I'm still on Twitter. I'm only calling it Twitter at Keith Law, but pretty much everywhere else you'd look for me. I'm usually at Keith Law on Blue Sky, Spoutable, Threads and Instagram. I'm Mr. M.R. Keith Law. Um, You can look for me there. I do just cross post the same content on all of these sites while we wait to figure out where everyone is going. It does seem like Blue Sky is a nice little sports community, and um, I'm probably a little more inclined to answer stuff there. But basically, I will tell you the last place you're going to likely to get an answer from me is on the site formerly known as Twitter, because that place just is kind of terrible at this point. That's all for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening.